0: Hello, from Adventure Isles, this is Venturing Beyond 9to5. I am Ritu. And I am Nemi. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. In this series, we will be sharing with you our conversations with experienced freelancers across all domains. Our first vertical will be focused on marketing. Hear directly from our guests about all the valuable lessons, tidbits, and tricks they have picked up along the way and join us as we dive deeper into the stories behind the thriving freelancing careers they've built. By the way, if you're interested in accessing the ultimate toolkit and community for freelancers, Adventurize is the place for you. We are a community-led learning, development, and networking platform for freelancers, and we're so excited to have launched our first vertical, which is focused on freelancers in the marketing space. If you'd like to learn from mentors and collaborate with other freelancers, then what are you waiting for? Join our free community at theadventurize.com, that is T-H-E-A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-I-S-E.com, and follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. All the details are in the description below. If you've made it this far, welcome. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Pranjal Khodar our R. Podcast. Welcome Pranjal. It's wonderful to have
1: you here. Hi, hi Nimi. Hi Ruto. Hi Adventure. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm talking after a long time actually, like doing sort of a podcast. So I'm excited. Today's topics and everything has like, you know, totally geared up to talk about them. So <laughs> thank you so much for having me. And I can't like wait to start this.
0: Yeah. It's really exciting to have you on board. This is like I think I knew about memes, of course. But the question hearing about meme marketing as a specialized focus.
1: Yeah, so. I'm a graduate in biotechnology, actually. <laughs> so like probably the biggest, you know, shocker is when I tell people, oh my god, that's because that's so different from what I do, right? But I think it was primarily that in college I realized in college I started an Instagram page. It was a food page. I had like a big foodie. Yeah. So I think from there I sort of, you know, got introduced to social media marketing. Just, I mean, Instagram is like the place. It's been the place for years, right? When it comes yeah. to Social media for brands. So it started from there, and I realized that this is something that I love to do. I can't, unfortunately, I can't say the same for biotechnology. And especially I realized it while I was doing my college project, because that's the first time you get hands on experience, right? Otherwise, it's only books, uh, like for the majority of your college time. And then just, I mean, after graduating, I graduated with good marks that It's not like I was bad at biotechnology, I graduated with like all the good things. But again, I just knew that I have to do something I love. And so that's why I just started searching for content-related jobs, social media-related jobs. And that's when I came across like Nielsen, I got an opportunity to interview there. And I got selected. I didn't even know what copywriting was, to be very honest. Like, I just got the job. I started And I think while doing the job, making one or two months into the job, I realized, okay, this is copywriting. Like, this is not even content writing. This is copywriting. I think I, I realized I had reached, like, you know, the peak of my, like, copywriting. And that's where I explored meme marketing, where you can market memes. And it just blew my mind. So, yeah, I think that's how the transition has been. And it's kind of going and now I'm exploring memes in different sectors now, in fact. So just getting deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole of memes.
0: So interesting, yeah, like you jump from high technology all the way to copywriting and then to meme marketing. That's <laughs> amazing. Let's jump back a little bit to when you started out as a copywriter. Are there any skill sets that copywriting really helps you for and that you're kind of grateful for now?
1: If you like break down the parts of a meme, right? Like the the caption that you see over the template, I think, that is essentially copywriting. Like, in the least amount of words in which you can explain the situation that you're trying to describe to your audience, the better, right? Because of a technically a meme should not take more than a second to to like understand or you know digest. So, so that's where copywriting has like massively helped me. Because in 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 my previous in my copywriting job, I mean, we literally had to. Right. But we really had to explain a concept in a set number of words, which I've initially found incredibly tough. But later on obviously I just became good at it. So that's that's how copywriting has like massively helped me.
0: I totally understand you in terms of like putting things concisely and straight to the brain and really knowing how to use language to Convince somebody to do something—that's pretty impressive. How do you really improve as a copywriter? Are there any tips that you can give to our audience? Like any resources that you found super helpful?
1: Honestly, I think copywriting is like very—it's very experience-based in terms of you draw inspiration from your daily life. Go look at the magazines around you. Go look at the newspaper headline. It is as simple as this. You—you cannot it's like literally you have to draw inspiration around you you see a headline you you know anything like maybe like a brand's tagline right and what impact it has made on us like my tagline right just do it and that just three words yeah so that's how you just I mean you just look for inspiration around yourself how you can create the most impact and a lot of times also say so much but also not say Many things at the same time. I think that's an incredibly hard skill to achieve. So so that's it. I d I don't think there's any book. I mean, there are essentially a lot of websites and blogs. I'm pretty sure you will and you'll find tons of things. But I think the real life like skill is honestly just observing things around you. Looking at posters, you know, following probably the right accounts on social media. Yeah. You just have to like be out there, observe, see, talk to as many people and just draw from all of that. And then you, you know, construct it into something very concise and crisp.
0: Yeah, I think that like the key skill then definitely
1: observation. Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot. Big, big, big time.
0: Actually, you mentioned this a bit earlier uh, when you talked about how popular helped you with me creating memes, right? Can you give an example of something similar to Nike and just
1: do it in the meme world? In the meme world, it might be like, it can be like some character or some movie, like especially, that you, like Hera film. that's like Bible for meme creators. Like You know, a lot of times, there are people who know that if they're going to be at an event, they are going to say things which are going to be extremely meanable, for sure. Right? So, like Shasti Tharoor said something at an event, right. you know, for, for a fact that some, some one or two meme dialogues will definitely come out, out of that event, right? So, uh, I think it's like that.
0: I wanna connect to what we talked about with copywriting. Can you kind of talk about what skills you need in order to create means? And how can you develop those skills, Lily?
1: Really? I mean, it's so similar to how copywriting happens in, in a way that you just, you actually spend a lot of time on social media. So when you spend a lot of time on social media, you know, the templates that are trending, you know, the topics that are trending, you know, the person that is trending. Like everyone is talking about, like right now, everyone is talking about Kanye West and all the whatever he's doing. <laughs> so so that's like, you know, you just keep a watch on what's happening. And it's quite draining also, obviously, because being on social media all the time, living on social media is not healthy at all. But that's just, you just get used to it. And especially if it's your career, your work and everything. So you just like marry it, essentially. I'm not, I'm not recommending it, but that's how it, that's how it is for me. And yeah, that mostly and that's where the experience builds up in terms of you just like, you look out for situations, you look out for, for example, situation observation, I think pretty much everyone has understood. But for example, if you're working for a product, if you're working for a brand, and uh, you know, we need to communicate this particular message about a brand, and then you're thinking of which template would fit best, right? So you can always go to some place and look at a list of templates that fit best. But if you're on social media all the time, it instantly clicks because you're like, you know, I've seen that template. I've seen that dialogue. Like recently I've made a ton. I made tons of thing memes. Yeah. And I know for a fact, okay, wait, this product message fits exactly the di- with the dialogue that, you know, maybe Aman Gupta has said or maybe Ashneel Grover has said. You know, the click happens instantly. And that happens because you have seen a lot of memes. You have seen the show. You know the product well, the brand for whom you're probably making the meme you're not that as well so but this all these things come with experience like it to to take me like two years back if you asked it used to take me maybe or whatever I don't know an hour to make a meme or something now it might just happen in under a minute even you know so it's like a very experiential thing I would say so there's no hard and fast skills you don't need to do a workshop you don't need to do anything you don't need to read a book but you just need to just make a meme just make it like even if it's even if you're underconfident, you just want to make a meme. Like, you know, make someone laugh for two seconds at least. Just make it, show it to your close friends and then just, you know, start making them as much as possible. The more you make, the better you get it. It's, it's a simple Experience is a given. And
0: I want to, you know, talk a little bit about the point you mentioned about, yeah, it is super important to be like immersed in that environment so that connections happens really quickly, right? Between what... And you know, you found inspiration in a of content that you saw, and then you want to connect it in such a way that it's witty and, you know, makes people think as well. So that's really cool. But yeah, definitely it has that kind of psychological effect on you, right? When you're constantly online and like, you know, when you, when you have that power of anonymity as well, like people are kind of fearless about sharing whatever thoughts they have. And then that can be both negative negative as well as positive.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I I personally also need to just, you know, delegate time to social media. But I feel like I'm teaching myself when I say that. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty consuming. But that's the life and I I love doing it. I do complain. We all complain about what we do, but we still end up doing it because we love it. It's like my relationship with memes and social media right now.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, like you said, it definitely helps to section off your time so that you know, like, it saves some brain space, probably.
1: Yeah, in fact, like, there's probably just just sharing that in my routine, like, probably after eight PM or something. That's like my me time. I actually don't. I use the phone just just to probably listen to music or something, but I don't open social media that much. That's something I'm trying to incorporate from the past few months. But then again, after three, four hours, I'm probably again back on social media in the night and checking like what's happening. And I also I think there's also sometimes I just scroll through particular uh, subreddits because Reddit is a great place for memes. It's actually very underrated. And oh. if you want inspiration specifically for memes, you should definitely check out Reddit. So sometimes I open like my Reddit app is there on my phone literally just so that I can have inspiration for me literally. Wow. So when I'm on Reddit, actually my mind is working. When I'm on Instagram or Twitter, I'm obviously doing my own thing, looking at because like, the friends BA. So yeah. I'm doing kind of both. But on Reddit, it's exclusively for like work in terms of meme related work, like drawing inspiration, see what's trending and all.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like a almost a double-edged sword, right? Like you, you enjoy it and then you also have this kind of, mentor exhaustion that probably happens because you're so immersed in this online sales
1: yeah yeah absolutely double-edged sword is the (laughs) keyword exactly
0: in one of your posts actually you said that the best main references that come to you when you're not looking for them and can you talk a little bit about your actual process how do you create names
1: yeah so i think so when I, in that post, what I meant was like, if you look at even my top memes on LinkedIn, like in terms of engagement, literally it was so random. I made them in under 30 seconds, literally like my top five memes, I can vouch that I made it in 30 seconds because it was like just the idea. I was just scrolling, saw the template, caption, you know, boom, happened in two seconds and making it was like a brief essentially. And there are times when I have been like literally mm-hmm. Like scratching my head in terms of, you know, need to make something great. And I felt like I made something great, but then I posted, I show it to the world, and they just say it's crap. So that also happens. So it's almost like, I mean, for me, it has happened like that, that when I was not looking for an idea, essentially, when it just randomly popped up and I made a meme out of it, they have worked the best. Somehow they have just clicked. And I used to be frustrated about that, obviously, but now I've just accepted it. And that's why I'm just very, I'm more experimental now, where I feel like there's anyway nothing guaranteed. So might as well take risks, might as well explore different subjects and things like that.
0: Actually, speaking about that, have you ever tried to strategize that? You know how, I mean, there's obviously social media management and all that, right? So trying to work with the algorithm and making sure that the means that you know are good and like you put so much effort into it, you want to make it work as much as possible, right? So. Is there anything that you try to have researched about and try to execute that helps?
1: Yeah, I think somewhere, I mean, I just have these general rules about whatever platform it is and, you know, their algorithm. So just as long as I'm following the general rules, I don't think too much about it. Like, especially in terms of timing, I feel like, when do you post? So, like, I'm not going to post at 10 p.m. in the night on on any platform for that matter, especially the good one, like... I'll probably, example, on Twitter, You're anyways on, you're there on like all day and tweeting something or the other. But if I've actually put effort into something, I've written a Twitter thread, I, I will not put it out at 10 p.m. in the night. I'll probably do it in the morning so that it gets the entire day, right? So that's I feel that general hygiene, right? For anyone who's trying to post on social media. But in terms of strategy, for my personal means, like what I post on Twitter and LinkedIn, I don't have any strategy as such. I speak about what I want to honestly and mm-hmm. or maybe news that appeals to me i mean, i recently tried a news format like I pick, I pick up a headline and i kind of meme it essentially so it's like if i'm checking out and some news like really uh appeals to me like maybe one some startup you know it was like had had a profit of whatever whatever crores in q4 and it's astounding and i feel it's something that a meme can be made out of so i post it but obviously when i'm working for brands there is strategy there is like what are the exact points about the brand that you want to showcase so there's more strategy involved there's more thinking there was there's more process so for a brand obviously i have to sit down and probably beat my head a little more uh, but but i mean that's something you have to do
0: yeah that's pretty cool. and okay let's switch a little bit to something that i've been super excited to ask you regarding like, the future of memes and content right so especially when you work with brands, like you've obviously seen the shift towards Web3 and Metaverse. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what your experience has been being like at the forefront of this shift?
1: Yeah, I think I feel it's like the wild, wild west, you know, like there's no, it's too, like, it's just so exciting and random. And I mean, Web3 in general, the world of NFTs and everything, it's, it's like, you you understand it, but you also don't understand it. And so many things are happening uh, every day that it's so hard to keep up. But I think in general, what's happening is the main... As, so, you know, what we know as social media marketing, that is not the same in Web3. It's not at all. Because I don't think... This, so Web3 essentially is trying to make the whole system better in terms of like till now how the big internet companies have all exploited our privacy right by feeding us ads and all these things so i mean i probably shouldn't have used such strong words but you get the gist so that's something that's there and that's why community is like a big thing in web 3 because it's like everyone is united by the fact that we will now take control of our own data essentially that's like the message Right, We are going to own what the the benefits of that data, right? It's, it's not like people are hesitant to give out their data. But the thing is, the Web2 giants right now, the Silicon Valley companies, they just like take the data and they make their revenue and it's done, right? The people who are there on the platform creating or whatever, they just get a very small share of it. So that's the tide that you know Web3 is trying to change. So I think in all this, memes is basically the biggest, I would say, Biggest tool to unite people together in terms of unite them in a community together, because essentially this generation of people who believe in Web3, they are, I'm, I'm not labeling everyone as an introvert or something like that, but, but be it an introvert or an extrovert, they all understand memes. They all communicate with each other through memes. They all express through memes. So mm-hmm. when a community comes together, so why is Bitcoin what it is today, right? It is. I mean, essentially, it's a speculative value, whatever it is. It's setting around forty thousand dollars now. We are having a crash in, sadly, but it is what it is because people decided to believe in it that it holds value. It has a bigger purpose, and it holds people together is memes, these communities that we're building. So that's why I feel memes will be a big part. I mean, I'm personally working on Web three projects where I do memes personally. So that's like a enough testament.
0: Yeah, 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 and that's awesome. Maybe like we can look at it from the perspective of someone who just knows about the existence of this thing that's happening, this shift that's happening. You talked a little bit about how this value is created because of people believing in it. So the social value has been created on this meme, right? So how do you, you yeah. put about this before as well, about how great memes could become an NFT someday and can get like sold for millions of dollars? So can you speak a little bit more about what you meant and all right, can see that ship happening?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you know, even something, what NFTs, you know, something like that cat, there's a cat juice, right, which sold for I don't know how many million yeah. dollars and something. So the thing is that there are people, there are millions who just have tons of money. And they are with the world of NFTs too crazy, I would say. Like, honestly, an NFT can be very tricky for someone to enter Web3 because that space is too hyped right now. But how memes come in is essentially that if you just want to, I mean, if you're so passionate or for some reason you want to own like a template, like I want that template, I want to be the owner of that cat, yes. whatever that meme is, you know, you pick any famous meme ever, like maybe it's a meme about. Shiba Inu, you know, Cheems, you know, those dogs basically who are like so famous in the meme world. Like I want exclusive ownership of this. And if you have millions of dollars in your bank, so you you never know where people find value. And honestly, right now, like a big narrative in in crypto is that, hey, I have shitload of money and I want to just show it. Like I can spend money on anything for that matter. It's like a very ironic take on spending money in a way. Like people uh, spending millions of dollars on pixelated pictures and all that—it's almost like a statement that, "Hey, I have money, so I can buy this, and I don't care what you think." You know, <laughs> something like that. So right now, it's that I—I I am not a fan of it. I'll be very honest. Yeah, uh, but it will evolve. I know for a fact all of this will come down one day. Like this hype will come down one day. Like I believe in NFT technology and what it brings to people, artists especially. Because till now, coming again, these big corporations have just taken like 90% of the share and the artist only gets 10%. And that is what NFTs will eventually change. So I believe in the technology and and yeah, I think that's why memes have like a big potential. Mm-hmm. Someone finds Mona Lisa, that painting, super valuable because, and someone were like, what is this? Like, I don't see any logic in you know, it, the Monalisa looking at you from whichever angle you look at it. Someone is astonished. Oh my God, I want that painting. So value, I mean, value is different for everyone. It's a subjective thing. So that's why that, that's how memes and NFTs are essentially, you know, happening.
0: So what kind of projects are you working on?
1: I'm working on a time like DeFi projects. So DeFi stands for decentralized finance. So till now we know traditional finance, like right? the banks and the stock market. And the mutual fund, like what we know of mostly in India, right? But there is like a another totally like big, big wing domain of crypto, which is decentralized finance. As the name suggests, there is no central party like a bank or anyone controlling it. It's essentially uh, all done by code, maintained by computers. So I'm working in that. A bit of NFT here and there as well. And crypto is just omnipresent, right? It's everywhere. Like in general, it all works on crypto. So that, that's how the space is. It's, it's exciting. I mean, it's too fast-paced. And I feel like I'm lagging behind all the time. That's a very, very suffocating feeling. But that's how it is for any space that's rapidly evolving. You can't escape. So you just keep up as much as possible. Wow. Well, how do you keep up, usually? I think just a bit of routine, like in terms of, okay, I pledge that I'll watch at least two, three videos today. I pledge that I'll at least read two, three articles today. I'll do my best. Because honestly, there is nothing like, oh, I know ex- I know everything till now. There's you, it's not possible. So you choose what you like, what, how much is needed, and you take baby steps every day. I'm not saying you'll eventually get to know everything. And that shouldn't be a goal, anyways, because yeah. it's not realistic. But at least something you should learn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's important to do, know when you're learning anything, right? And actually, I want to ask a little bit about how you try and apply what you learn in what you do, right? So the reason you're learning so much is so that you can use it and it, like make, that's due to your knowledge, right? So is that anything that you're doing, currently? is it just to search at this place or?
1: No, oh, I'm actually putting in my money and I don't think there's anything bigger. So I think that's it. But But obviously I am very careful about it as well because, you know, it's all new it's all unregulated and there are risks involved with any kind of investment for that matter but i think yeah i mean once you have some bit of confidence you have some maybe you know depends like if if it's your life savings don't put it in crypto don't put it anywhere for that matter (laughs) and crypto if it's like really important money for you like for example if it's your college fees If it's like your life savings, your, I don't know, emergency fund and all these things, please stay away from crypto, please. If it's something that it's like, you know, I want to try this and if if it grows, it grows. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If you have still that attitude, then go ahead and experiment as simple as this. And that's that's what I follow with my crypto investment as well. So even if it crashes, I'll be a little sad, but I'm fine with it because I've invested in the first place, keeping in mind that anything can happen. It will take a lot more time for it to stabilize, especially the, the big blue chip cryptos, but that's how it is. And I do a bit of research, do a bit of learning. And where you, where you feel like you have done enough research, and I think this is fine, then you will probably invest a little bit of money. You have done, and if you feel you have done enough research about NFTs, go ahead, buy an NFT. You know, if you believe in the project, because some projects do have a greater vision beyond just being a profile picture most of the projects still now are just profile pictures which are nonsense but if there are projects which are beyond profile pictures they're, they're, the vision is beyond that like so then you know you invest I mean you buy something if you're passionate about it so yeah
0: and if you have millions of dollars outside of your existence <laughs> I'm kind of curious about the people who buy these NFTs right I kind of understand that like the social value of the mean that's been created but is there a way to use it? Like it's an investment, right? So how do people who own that mean now use it for their own merits?
1: There is no like, I I I have no idea honestly. Uh, maybe see some I'll tell you. There is you know there's this project NFT project called as CryptoPunks. Okay, it's been sold for I think something two hundred million dollars, something like that. That yeah. project, like the highest bid till now. Uh, so someone who buys a crypto bank, they'll obviously put it on Twitter. They'll put it up, right? Uh, their profile picture is going to be that. And that's obviously going to bring a lot of recognition. They might just literally become an influencer overnight. So I can think of one way that they basically they just instantly have a personal brand just because they have that, that, that JPEG, right? Of a crypto bank. And, mm-hmm. and that has so much social value at least right now. So it's a status game. It's a status game, basically. Suddenly you own a crypto bank and people think that, oh, because this guy owns a crypto punk, he maybe holds immense value. We'll need to listen to what he or she has to say. So, so I think if, if you want that, you'll get that, obviously. So, I think that's what it is. That's the only utility I can think of with just profile picture NFTs. But there are many other type of NFTs as well. So, there are like, there are NFTs with actual utility in terms of. If you buy, suppose you buy this and then you get to be part of an exclusive community, you get to be part of events, you know, that happen in that community. And maybe those events or, or whatever that community is, those people, they mean a lot to you, they matter to you. So there's this band called Kings of Leon and Kings of Leon has actually put out NFTs
0: wow. out
1: of there one, I think six NFTs of their recent, some album. And anyone who owns that NFT yeah. can also come to their concert. So it has a value, right? It's like it's an outside world value also attached. So Mm -hmm. when it's things like this, when there's actual utility, I mean, that's what NFTs are for me. I love projects like this, especially. Mm -hmm. But when it's just JPEG, then probably no. So that's why the space has to evolve right now. Every space starts with hype. Yeah. And you just wait for the hype to die down because all hype dies ultimately. So yeah.
0: We actually have an interesting question from Yodej. You're talking about some NFT integration or NFT accounts on Twitter and even get disclaimers after you open those accounts. So what is that actually?
1: I think it's basically the fact that within the NFT world, there are a lot of scams, essentially, and there's a lot of speculative value of a particular project, but ultimately nothing happens. Right? Like price can, the, the demand can turn any day. Because people are trying to make a quick buck. They're, they're trying to ride the wave. Oh, everyone is putting money into NFTs. We also want to buy. it. cool. Right? So that's that's the thing. And I guess that's Twitter's way of saying that please do your own research. And this that's how the disclaimer probably comes in.
0: Shifting a little bit, I'm going to talk a little bit about content. So given the metaverse and Web3, how do you see the future of content shaping up in the coming years?
1: I think content, I don't know really. Because I don't know how these Web2 platforms right now, like if eventually more people shift towards Web3, how are they going to change it? Because right now nothing is happening. Like for me, Facebook is one company which has absolutely like, I mean, their their entire money comes from ads. Right. And it's something that Web3 is trying to change. So how is, I mean, I think content is going to change through NFT, basically, I think. Like in, like I recently heard how Instagram and Facebook are going to support NFT. They're going to support digital avatars and all these things. They're going to bring these things, right? So I think that's probably going to happen. Like probably content will be around digital avatars if that becomes a big thing. Like you'll probably stop seeing people's faces, on social media, but you'll see them through the digital avatars. Maybe that's how we'll evolve in in terms of content. But I I don't know. It's very dicey for me because essentially these are the companies that, I mean, we are trying to change the narrative against. So. I don't know. I mean, Facebook naming themselves Meta, that itself is so ironic. <laughs> like, but there are many blockchains and ecosystems which are trying to have their own social media. right? So if enough adoption happens, we never know. We might just be on a different social media platform altogether. But it's going to take years and years and years because we are habituated now. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of this has become a habit. And they are trying to incentivize right, with all of this right, in terms of they're actually offering people money for their time. So, yeah.
0: And I was wondering about like memes evolving, right? The evolution of memes and of content, of course. You've seen it move from static posts to gets, and that to like short form videos and reels, even on TikToks. So, would you have a different sort of experience with I don't know AR classes or holograms? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm even. I'm intrigued. To be honest, I don't have an answer for this because. I don't know, if I, like I open question, are we actually going to have a VR headset in every household? Like is there going to be, you know, if it going to be so common, actually are we going to achieve that, right? So can a company actually afford that? You know, like Alexa, eventually it will all become subscription model. Like you just pay for the subscription probably and you get your Alexa with that. Now you pay for it, but eventually I think it will be like that. But I think something where, you know, Snapchat, I think, can be like a good bridge, actually. Because Snapchat does short content format, right? Like it's just the snaps. And you actually have a lot of AR, VR integration in Snapchat in terms of ads. A lot of brands are using it. So probably you have that mixed integration. Like long short form content is not going away. That is definitely have to say. But we will have AR, VR integration into short form content a lot more.
0: Really interesting. Like, have you seen any brands who have moved in that direction yet? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Plenty. Game of Thrones did it. Um, big <laughs> fan. Uh, so they, what they did was they came up with this filter that, you know, uh, if you open Snapchat and you're like pointing your phone at some building or something, yeah. they will eventually see like like a VR sort of, you know, what do you call it? Like a hologram. VR hologram of one of the dragons, you know, from Game of Thrones. So it's like a cool thing to promote. And, you know, people eventually just share these things, right? Oh, look at a dragon at New York Times Square or something like that. So that's how people start sharing and it becomes a thing, right? So I think that's how brands have like tried to spread the word, like doing sort of innovative things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It automatically gets that power of, word of mouth actually you talked a little bit about how brands have shifted their approach to you know spreading the word about the things that they do what kind of opportunity do you see for content marketers
1: i think because short-form content is now so much more accepted and that is what the people essentially want i think it's like you have to ship things quickly you know it's fine if the quality is fine if it doesn't read absolutely like cambridge level People yeah. are not interested in that, I feel anymore. So I think that's how meme marketers, copywriters, and you know this category of creators have just found like new lease of life simply because of how the audience has evolved and how people have evolved and how attention span has gone down drastically. So, so like for me, I myself used to write long-form content. And now I cannot write more than a single paragraph. Yeah. So, so even as a creator, it has gone down. And I still read though. Obviously, thank God, I still have that. I still, <laughs> I retain that thing, but I cannot create it. More. So I think that's where brands have just realized that, you know, short, crisp, catchy, easily digestible in some seconds or max to max a minute. That it, literally that's it. And also I think What has happened is people need to spend lesser time in creating also. A, because you know, all all those things about being aesthetic, like being visually pleasing and everything has slightly gone out of the window. Like people want fun. People want to be entertained first. And visually appealing uh, Instagram grid has to look aesthetic. And all those things have probably gone down. You need to be more engaging, entertaining. I think that has taken uh, more priority over aesthetic. And also because of the softwares, you have tons of softwares, which, you know, make things to create much easier. Like Canva has just revolutionized that. So yeah, a combination of this also has to, I think, content industry in general.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with you there. And I think we're to wrap up really soon, but I want to answer a final question that we have from the audience. When you talk about pricing, right? How much do you usually charge a client for games? Like what, what? you take into consideration, is there any strategy you use when you decide
1: to kind of pricing? There are many things, right? To be honest with you, freelance pricing is something even I struggle with. I'll be very honest. I don't have a, I cannot tell you a number. But I mean, see, it all depends on your expertise, your F So for me, it's like I told you. Right now, maybe it takes me 10 minutes to make five minutes, But it's not going to take 10 minutes for everyone right so you obviously might charge more because a lot of times in freelancing people charge based on how much effort they're putting into that particular piece of content right so that that's how it is and uh, so it just totally depends on that but I mean you can start with anything for that matter like see when you're starting out you have to maybe compromise a little about the pricing so that you can build your work you can build your portfolio and then once it builds you can just scale up maybe you start by making a meme for 200 bucks for someone right that's like the first project you ever get but eventually after a month or two you have become better at the skill and obviously it's not taking you one hour anymore and you also have the work now you can show the work to other people so now you can charge more and it's taking you lesser time so that's how you slowly scale up right so so i think it's it's more about that process there is no fixed number it totally depends on what you that that perceived value what is the brand it's essentially perceived value So like when I come in, I come in with a perceived value. So that's why I get inbound inquiries. So that's how it is. It takes a little bit of time and it all adds up. And eventually you get, you know, better prices. You can charge better prices and things like
0: that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your experience, especially with the future of, you know, the platform. So that's very exciting. Do you have any last words about, like, what are you looking forward to? What's coming next?
1: (laughs) I am looking forward to the web 3 i guess <laughs> that's where i'm working uh, mostly these days and i'm just excited about what's happening there How oh, it's like a next big thing i feel if it works or it doesn't work it doesn't matter that's okay but at least something is happening something cool something that i feel can actually change our lives for the better if we implement it correctly right like how i was talking about nfts how right now it, it's all hype but It has utility. Eventually, if people catch up to that, it will actually make lives of artists so much better. And people might actually... I am an artist myself. And I know for a fact that, you know, people don't become an artist or pursue that as a career because of the money, right? Because you just don't know how much you're going to earn. It's not stable and all that. And that's why people are discouraged, especially in our country. So I think with technology like this, it becomes a viable career option. It can actually monetize your work. And you own your work. You earn from, you are the one who's earning the most from your work. So these are things which I'm very much looking forward to. And I believe it can actually change lives. You want to feel like you're doing something for an actual, like you know, something tangible, something that has actual real world implications. I think Web3 has that and that's why I'm excited about that space.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to Venturing Beyond 95 with Ritu and Nimi. We hope you found this episode interesting and enjoyable. Please follow us on Instagram at adventu.rise and on LinkedIn at adventurize. That's all for today. See you next time.